0: and welcome back to another crossover edition this is locked on chiefs i'm chris clark and i have with me billy Rossetti of locked on panthers billy how's it going today
1: chris glad to actually get a chance to talk to you here first time you and i have gotten together i got a chance to talk to ryan in the off season so great to get to work with you here man
0: yeah man it's gonna be a lot of fun i i really enjoy these crossover episodes get to know some other hosts it's always fun that way and uh you know obviously we don't play that often so not gonna be talking that often unless we see you in the Super Bowl, which doesn't yeah, look I, like that'll I, be happening this year. No offense to your team, even with but, the
1: potential expanded uh, playoffs, I
0: don't
1: think it's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you're not. Maybe if you're in the NFC East, you have, you yeah, have a chance. Really, exactly. You're not in the South, so. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. The Panthers are now 3-5 and five on the year. Uh, they had a tough loss to the Atlanta Falcons last Thursday night, so you have a little bit of a mini-buy this week. What are you seeing from this team post-Cam Newton? Obviously, that's the major story from the offseason. He's no longer there, uh, but you have Teddy Bridgewater as your guy now.
1: Yeah, te- I, I think Teddy Bridgewater's been doing a fine job so far this season. You know, he's um he, he's definitely more, more than a game manager. He's definitely helped a bit. Bring a bit of a spark to this offense, and uh, having that Joe Brady connection, and having the the weapons that Carolina has, is like Robbie Anderson, like DJ Moore, like Curtis Samuel, who's been stepping up over the last couple of weeks as well, coming off injury. Uh, Teddy's been doing a fine job, I think, with this offense. You know, he of course got banged up in the Thursday night game against the Falcons. He had to come out for a few plays, uh, but he was able to get cleared, got back in. And, you know, had a, a so-so game, so he he's had his ups and downs, he's had his bumps, but, you know, part of that is uh, the offensive line has been struggling over the last couple of weeks, so he's been uh, under a bit of duress over the last few weeks. But overall, I think fans have to be pleased with the way Teddy Bridgewater has come in and kind of helped keep the ship float, so to speak, uh, for this, you know, really new look Panthers offense under uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady now.
0: Well, you're looking at a new team where they're 3-5 and five this year. And honestly, uh, don't take this the wrong way. But Kansas City, a couple of years ago when Andy Reid came in, basically went undefeated for, I think, the first nine or ten games. You don't normally see that when you have a new coach. That's not what you expect to see. Uh, so with you guys being 3-5 and five this year, how do you feel like the entire team has been uh, really changed and how they're improving uh, game to game?
1: Yeah, there's definitely... Uh, I think a lot to be excited about with this team. It's obviously a, a very young team. I think one of the things we have to remember, too, is that, you know, there's a lot of either like rookies or second year players really contributing and really playing some meaningful snaps, uh, especially in these last couple of weeks. I mean, you look at Thursday night against the Falcons. They had a ton of rookies that saw action, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Troy Troy Pride played every single snap, and he was there f- uh, fourth round pick. Um, obviously Derek Brown has been playing a lot as their first round pick. Jeremy Chin has been incredible for the Panthers this season. And even guys like uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver, their seventh round pick and two undrafted free agents and miles Hartsfield and Sam Franklin saw some defensive action on Thursday. So this season, and, and I thought this at the beginning of the season too, it was all about getting a lot of these young guys together and, and, you know, watching them blend together, you know, we, we figured there's going to be some bumps in the road and we've kind of seen that at times, especially with some of the offenses they played, but I'm excited about the prospects about um, it, And I keep talking about the defense, you know, and especially when the Panthers use all their draft picks on defense, but um, I, I really like a lot of the pieces that they have. And like I said, I, I think the foundation is there. And I think they certainly have something to build on. And the fact that they've been competitive uh, on both sides of the ball in all eight of these games is a credit to head coach Matt Rule and just that new attitude that he's he's brought to this Carolina Panthers team. So uh, th- this team is definitely tr- trending up. Um, it's, uh, it's obviously going to be a rough stretch here in the second half, but I think the Panthers are kind of about where we expected them to be uh, at this point in the season. Maybe a little bit better, but um, they certainly haven't, Disappointed, so to speak. They're certainly not worse, I think, than what we thought they'd be.
0: Well, and one of the things that really stuck out to me when you look at this Panthers team is not only did you lose your offensive star and your offensive uh you know, your general on the field, your quarterback in Cam Newton, but you also lost Luke keekley <laughs> So you lost it on both sides of the ball, and that's a that's a huge deal. Uh, A lot of people don't know how big that is to lose basically the two main members of your team. But what have you really seen uh, from the guys that are stepping into Keekly's shoes? I apologize. Uh, That's a huge role to fill. Uh, But you know the defense has got to get past that.
1: Yeah, Shaq Thompson has really started to take over that leadership role. I shouldn't (laughs) even say start. He already has. You know, he started coming into that even like last season. Now he's really embraced it. So he's he's just been uh, the big guy there. Same with Trey Boston. Uh, These two guys are just great locker room people. Great locker room guys. Even a guy like Brian Burns, second year, has just taken control of that defensive line, especially with, you know, Kawan Short uh, out for the season again. You know, Tyre Whitehead stepped in at middle linebacker. He's been okay, but uh the Panthers certainly can stand to uh improve on that in the off season via, you know, the draft or free agency, whatever the case may be. That's why I've said Micah Parsons or Dylan Moses could be pretty good picks if the Panthers uh, have that opportunity, but yeah, you know, it's nice to have that veteran leadership like Shaq in Boston with all these young groups. So it's, it's really a nice mix. Um, and like I said, I, I think they're, you know, blending well together and you're starting to see some, uh, some, some solid results. Obviously there's a lot of work to do, but, um, overall I'm, you know, fairly content with, uh, the, the progress, like I said, that I, I think this team is starting to show.
0: So when you look at this game and you look at this matchup, the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously we've already kind of talked about this, they don't play the Panthers very often. Who are some under-the-radar guys that Chiefs fans should be watching out for in this game?
1: You know, obviously the the two big receivers are Moore and Anderson, but Curtis Samuel has, you know, coming off injury, he had a a nice game on Thursday night with the two total touchdowns, Um, has really started to kind of – come into his own again in this offense. The Panthers have been utilizing him both as receiver and as a, uh, a running back a little bit as well in the absence of Christian McCaffrey, who the Panthers expect back on Sunday. And then, you know, defensive side of the ball, uh, they did they did activate Russell Douglas from injured reserve this week, and Russell Douglas has been uh, a huge pickup, I think, for this Panthers defense. They claimed him off waivers after final cuts, Uh, Before the regular season and he's been uh, surprisingly a a, a really good piece to this uh, to this Panthers puzzle. So it's nice to I'm sorry, not injured reserve the um, the COVID list. Yeah, The COVID they, they activated lift. Yeah. him off there. So uh, those are just two quick guys. I think, you know, if they get Russell Douglas back in, uh, I think that's certainly a huge boost to the secondary. And like I said, Curtis Samuel uh, has been a, a nice pickup so far, or a nice stepping up again And what's a contract year uh, for him as well. So uh, really nice to see those guys playing well again.
0: Yeah, and I have to say the Chiefs fans are certainly hoping that we don't see Christian McCaffrey uh, on <laughs> Sunday. No offense, no, buddy, but... uh That's one person we don't need to be playing against considering how bad our run defense is. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, Billy's going to be asking me some questions about this Chiefs team.
1: All right, guys, we're rolling along here. Locked on Chiefs, locked on Panthers. Billy Resetti, Chris Clark with you guys here as we are rolling on. We're going to talk about the Chiefs a little bit. And, um, you know, it's obviously a, another strong year. The, the Chiefs just look uh, extremely well, as as always, no surprise. Um, what is it, you know, we, we see um, – we had a feeling that the, uh, the Chiefs' offense was going to be better with some of the pickups they made, especially like Clyde Edwards-Elair. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, they picked up Le'Veon Bell a couple of weeks ago. So uh, the Panthers, we know their rush defense has been pretty bad this year. So um, what do the Chiefs do well with uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair and Le'Veon Bell? Or, you know, How much have they utilized Le'Veon Bell? And, uh, you know, what, what are the Chiefs going to bring to the table that the Panthers are going to have really a tough time Having to stop, to be honest.
0: You know, I think what you look at this Chiefs team as one of the things, and I think the reason they went and got Le'Veon Bell is because they weren't feeling like they were going to be able to get enough from their running game. Uh, I do like what they've got with Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think that he gives them something that they didn't have last year. He just, his agility and his ability to hit the holes and his vision uh, have been phenomenal, and his ability to stay on his feet when he gets hit and not just go down for a guy, his size is really remarkable to me. Uh, you know, I look at this offense and I say, and I can tell you at least from what I see, it's going to be really hard to stop. I mean, you have to have a disciplined defense that is going to be able to uh, have, you know, only rush four and be able to drop seven and in into coverage. And if you can do that on a regular basis and you can get to Patrick Mahomes, then you're going to have enough. You're going to have a chance to beat this team. Uh, if you have to put more in the box to stop the run, Patrick Mahomes is going to eat you alive on the back end. If you end up dropping eight, then he's going to sit there and he's going to hand the ball off and you're going to have Clyde and you're going to have Le'Veon uh, running the ball down your throat. Uh, the Chiefs' run rush offense hasn't been fantastic. Uh, it's been good enough at times. I think it will continue to get better. I think you look at an offensive line, I think they're struggling because they have a lot of injuries that they're dealing with right now. But Le'Veon Bell, I think, gives you uh, a veteran in that room that's been there and I think still has the ability, most of the ability that he had when he was younger in Pittsburgh. Uh, And he gives you a great option uh, to be able to put in there and and give you actual uh, pass protection at times when you want to go deep with the ball on maybe a second or third and one. Uh, I think he's a little bit better at it than Clyde at this point in his
1: career. And just what is it about this offense and, you know, Andy, Andy Reid that just they keep, you know, they just keep looking strong, like, you know, does it seem like they're doing kind of the same things? Are they tweaking anything? What's been kind of your take as, you know, the years go by, how they continue to improve or, you know, kind of retool this offense to just keep it as strong as it is year in, year out?
0: You know, I think it's funny. I keep looking at this offense and thinking that, you know, teams are going to catch on. And I know I I may sound cocky when I say that, but I think really what the thing is with Andy Reid is he's an innovator. And you look at three or four years ago, or or maybe it was only two years ago, I'm not sure. But when the Jets sweep, when he first brought the Jets sweep into the NFL, uh, I don't remember any other team really running that type of motion, running that type of play. And then that became a staple of a lot of offenses in some regard. They're not using it all the time, but all offenses really are starting to use that type of play call. Uh, that was just something that I saw Reed do. Uh, now you're looking at other situations where you're doing shovel passes to the tight end in the middle of the field. You didn't normally see that. I've seen a couple of different teams run a variation of what they do with Travis Kelsey in this offense. Uh, I think Andy Reed is just looking at different ways of getting his players open and getting the best ability out of his players. And I think that's really what has set him apart year after year after year is he just keeps finding ways to be innovative and continuing to push the envelope when it comes to offense. Uh, and you look at the stable of weapons he has. I mean, to have Tyree kill is you know a good thing, obviously, uh, when you're talking about that speed. But then you add a, a guy like McCole Hardman, And your top three wide receivers now are four, three, or under guys. And Sammy Watkins, who is not slow, is your slowest of your top three wide receivers. I mean, that's a great problem to have. And we haven't even talked about Travis Kelsey yet. So, you know, I think that that's really what it comes down to. And I think Reed is looking at it it now and looking and realizing he can run the ball when he needs to because he has the running back to do it. And Mahomes, I think, is processing a lot better this year than he has in the past, which has got to be scary for defensive coordinators because he's now starting to get to the point where you can see, okay, this is what the defense is doing. I should be running the ball and they'll check into that. Or this is what the defense is doing. I should take a deep shot.
1: I want to flip over the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, we know Teron Matthew, one of the best safeties in the NFL. I mean, even like, you know, the most casual of casual fans, Knows about Teron Matthew, but Juan Thornhill had a, a really great rookie season before he unfortunately went down with injury. What's he, how's he been doing this year? You know, coming back from injury, um, how big of a boost does he give this Chiefs defense?
0: You know, honestly, I think it's amazing to see how much of a boost he can give this defense because I think what you don't see with Thornhill that you don't realize is he gives you the ability to play. Uh, Tyron Matthew wherever you really want to. Uh, Thornhill can go play the back end of the defense and be perfectly fine and have the speed to cover and have the ability to cover on the back end of the defense, which is huge. Uh, Matthew is very good at that, but at the same time, that's not necessarily always where you want him. And then, you know, you'll have a guy like Daniel Sorensen, who the Chiefs really use a lot as a third safety on the field. And with Thornhill and Matthew, you have three safeties along with Sorensen that you can kind of move in and out and do different things with. And you don't necessarily want Sorensen on the back end of the defense. We've seen uh, really bad situations when he's on the back end by himself, but he still gives you the ability to have somebody with a little bit of speed and coverage ability that you can put in there and kind of take out a linebacker if you want to go more of a uh, you know a five or six DB set and have that extra safety in there and, and be – in a good situation and Sorensen's really been coming up with some picks. What I've been impressed with Thornhill the most is I think that early in the season, I think he was struggling. I don't think he was trusting his leg and I get it uh, and not having a full training camp, not having preseason games really, I think hurt him as well. But when you start getting to the point where he's now in, you know, they're going to be in game nine by the time they start playing the Panthers. He is really, I think, to a point where I'm not saying he's a hundred percent or where he was last year, but he's trusting his leg now and he's making plays and his interception a couple of weeks ago where he just went up and got the ball was very impressive. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Thornhill. I think he's going to continue to get better. And I think they're going to have one of the best uh, safety tandems in the NFL
1: for some time. And real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about a former Panthers draft pick and now one of the best kickers in the league, Harrison Butker. (laughs) Um, Just quick thoughts this year. How has he become so good? You know, I, I don't mean to rub it in the Panthers fans' faces, but, you know, obviously with this matchup we're, you know, going to see and we kind of have to talk about it quick.
0: Yeah, and thank you for uh, cutting him. <laughs> exactly, appreciate yep. that and put him on the practice squad. Uh, Kansas City's really enjoyed having him. He has got a fantastic leg. Uh, he helped them win a, a game earlier this year, kicked a couple of 58-yard field goals, uh, just a monster leg. Really, he's been fantastic on field goals this year. He's been really good on kickoffs for the most part. His issue has been extra points. I think he's missed four this season. Uh, And that seems a little odd for a guy that seems to have one of the most accurate legs in the league. But I I think he got it figured out. He kicked five on Sunday against uh, the Jets and didn't seem to have any problems. So it looked like it was going right down the middle. I think he got his whatever it was that was causing him to miss once won a game for three straight weeks. Uh, and you don't want to give up points, especially in the NFL. Uh, luckily the chiefs haven't been in close games lately, so it hasn't been a, a big
1: deal. Good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. And Hey man, it was always a play, you know, great to talk to you and, you know, certainly a pleasure to get a chance to meet up with you here for the first time and talk some football with you, man.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, Billy. Thank you very much. I got to ask real quick. What do you think the outcome of this game is? Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be a long day in Kansas City for the Panthers. Uh, I think the, <laughs> the the Chiefs, you know, you said about the running game improving. I think that probably starts this week. You know, McCaffrey should be back. But, I mean, that Chiefs defense is just, obviously, we know how good it is. The Panthers uh, going to Arrowhead. Uh, this is probably going to be at least a double-digit score. They're you know, the Panthers biggest margin of victory or defeat is 14. That could probably get broken. I could see this being like a 35 to 20 type game this week.
0: Well, I would say that I could see that as well. I'm I'm going to go with your score. I think that's probably a pretty good score. I think Kansas city is going to continue to put points on the board. Uh, I do worry about Christian McCaffrey in the running game though. Uh, that has been a thorn in Kansas City's side. And you know, I know you guys are a working process on the passing uh, side. I do like your wide receivers. I like Teddy Bridgewater. The question is whether or not you're going to be able to block for Bridgewater and give him the time to throw the ball. If you can do that, that really changes things uh, for the way that the game could go. Uh, but I do think that, that you could be right. I think this could be a two-score game and, and maybe more depending on, you know, the Chiefs defense only allowed the Jets nine points. Obviously, it's the Jets. Uh, but I think they're continuing to improve every week. So we will see how that goes. Billy, thank you so much
1: for coming Absolutely, on really. Do appreciate buddy. It. Glad to glad to chat with you, man. Thank you for your time.
0: All right. And we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.